Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. This is the Kent Online Podcast on Thursday, September the 24th, the day after the evening before when Kexit almost broke the internet. Yep, the news the government's planning on setting up an international border in Kent pretty much sent social media into meltdown. It's all part of their Brexit preparations for the end of the transition period and would require lorry drivers to have a special permit to get into the county. A permit to access Kent? Well, that very quickly became a Kermit amongst the Twitter faithful. The whole idea is that that would prevent queues of up to 7,000 HGVs waiting to cross the channel at Dover and Folkestone. Well, let's cover off the sensible stuff first. Ashford MP Damien Green spoke in the Commons about it. The prospect of 7,000 trucks queuing to cross the channel uh, will send a chill through my constituents because we know what effect that has on all the roads in Kent and it's disastrous. And this is what Cabinet Office Minister Michael Gove had to say in response. We want to make sure that people use a relatively simple process in order to get what will become known as a Kent access permit, which means that they can then proceed smoothly through Kent because they do have the material required. If they don't have the material required, uh, then it will be the case that through policing, ANPR cameras and other means, we'll do our very best to ensure that his constituents are not inconvenient. That sent everyone a little bit bonkers with talk of Kent becoming a republic. Did it mean we were now the Garden of Europe rather than of England? Well, like a fair few of us, Kent Online editor Ed McConnell spent a fair bit of time trawling through the memes and messages last night. It was quite amusing, wasn't it, Ed? It was, yeah. It shows how creative people on social media can be with very little notice um, and how they love just, I suppose, taking the mickey out of uh, the people in power. Um there were quite a few few decent ones. A personal highlight was someone suggesting that there could be a the equivalent of the Berlin Wall, I suppose, in Dartford way, with a people with a girl from Seven Oaks and a boy from Tunbridge Wells sharing a forbidden kiss under a gun turret. That conjured up all sorts of images, and that could be soundtracked by Ed Sheeran. They claimed, um, and there was a quite a funny thing that Labrooks did actually. They jumped on it. Uh, they did a poll. Well, not a poll actually. They they formulated some spoof odds on who could be the president of a Republic of Kent. And Nigel Farage was favourite, he was two to one. Tracy Crouch would get my uh, my bet though, and she was uh, she was just behind him and I think Pete Doherty made up the rear, he was he was sixteen to one, so uh, he was a bit of an outsider. And of course we had to join in the fun today. You've written a piece on what a Kent Republic would actually be like. Come on then, what are the highlights? It was uh, yeah it was a lot of fun to do like you say and um I think I think it just shows you how much Kent has to offer in, in this world. Uh, a personal personal uh, highlight was probably the fact that the national dish would have to be gypsy tart, although that, that kind of, again, today, um, set the cat amongst the pigeons on social media. A lot of people saying they loved it, but then it seems to seems to have divided opinion somewhat. Um, Gillingham, of course, they'd be the national football team, uh, but because of travel restrictions, could only really play themselves, which, which actually may play in their favour. Um... And then I, th- I think, I mean, I suppose the most divisive topic would be which town would be capital. Uh, I'm still undecided on this, but I think we'd have to give it to Ashford based on the fact they'd have to put up with quite a lot of the lorry traffic, I would imagine. 
Thanks, Ed. Well, back to the serious stuff. We will, of course, keep you updated on those Kent permits and any future Brexit developments as the end of the transition period gets closer. Elsewhere today, Operation Stack has been back in force on the M20. It's because strikes at the port of Calais are causing delays at Dover. It means the coastbound stretch between Maidstone and Ashford is used to queue lorries waiting to cross the channel. Kent Online News. A man who followed and attacked a woman as she walked home from a night out in Maidstone has been jailed for four years. Christopher Hatcher grabbed the victim while she was on the phone to a friend in Bower Place in March last year. She managed to fight him off. The 36-year-old from Tunbridge Road in the town was arrested hours later and admitted attempted robbery. A man, meantime, has admitted sexually assaulting a court worker during a trial at Maidstone Crown Court. David Horton was thrown off jury duty after inappropriately touching the victim last summer. The 58-year-old from Granville Road in Sheerness is due to be sentenced next month. Now, from today, pubs, restaurants and bars will have to close at 10pm as tough new measures come in to try and prevent the spread of coronavirus. Earlier in the week, the PM also announced larger fines for those caught breaking the rule of six or not wearing a face mask in shops. Work from home is also back, with office staff told to avoid going in if they can help it. Well, I've been chatting to Jonathan Clark, who's from Morgan Jones Recruitment Consultants in Broadstairs. My feeling is that uh, a lot of businesses have adapted to the circumstances and have done it extremely well, embracing PPE, ensuring that their staff working a safe environment and are protected. Um, so I think all the building blocks are already in place. And I think, you know, a lot of businesses will continue to um, work as they have been over the last few months. I do understand that uh, we need to be mindful of um, embracing the new restrictions. Um, and of course, um, employee safety and also visitors to any um, business is a priority. Um, but I do feel with all the planning that's gone in over the last couple of months uh, has been well received. And I think if we were to do a bit of a survey, I think a lot of people would feel very safe in the working environment, in the majority. Um, I mean, he said that these new restrictions potentially could be in place for the next six months. As far as you're yeah. concerned, what you've done over the past six months, do you think that's put you in good stead not to suffer? Yes. Yeah, without question, we're in a very good place to sustain the business over the next six months. Um, I think economically, we need our Chancellor just to support the hospitality industry and the entertainment industry. They've been severely affected um, by this uh, lockdown and indeed the pandemic, which is understandable. Um, but uh, an extension of furlough would be you know, useful, I think, for that uh, sector. Um, but also, I think the kickstart sort of um, um, scheme is a, a very helpful tool for businesses to assist 16 to 24 year olds coming back in, into work. Um, they're a generation that has uh, been affected by this time. And um, I think it's right that that scheme is embraced again by uh, employers as much as possible. £100 million worth of cocaine has been found in pallets of fruit at the port of Dover. Around a tonne of the Class A drug was discovered on a ship from South America. Two men arrested have been released under investigation. A site in Maidstone could become home to 190,000 chickens, laying 60 million free-range eggs a year. Food producer Fridays, which employs 300 people in the county, wants to spend £8 million on the carbon-neutral farm. They've put in for planning permission to build on land south of the town.
Some of Kent's MPs have been calling on the government today to provide extra support for the creative industries and sport. Fans still can't go to watch football matches, for example, whilst many theatres remain closed. Laura Trott, Rosie Duffield and Damien Collins all spoke in the Commons earlier today. KMTV's Joe Cotton caught up with Mr Collins afterwards. The particular problem are clubs, I think, playing from the Championship in the Football League Leagues 1 and Leagues 2, and then the national conference uh, divisions, because none of those clubs can have fans back in their grounds. Playing below national conference, so clubs like Folkestone and Victor, that they can have fans back in the grounds, and actually they can get a, a normal sort of size crowd watching. But for clubs that can't have spectators, and for clubs that rely on matchday revenues to pay the bills, they're in the position now where they're being asked to play, and they're playing matches at a loss, they've got to carry on paying their players, and they're just simply running out of cash. And the government's found one and a half billion pounds to support arts organizations around the country, recognizing their community value. I would actually say that football is a cultural activity and that football clubs are gonna go bust and communities will lose their football clubs. And I think there's a real danger in the next couple of months that the whole structure of football, as we've known it for over a hundred years in this country, uh, outside of the top division could collapse. Premier League clubs can rely on their TV money but other clubs can't. And you know, we've already seen reports about clubs in difficulty, reports about Dover Athletic uh, being in financial difficulties, concerns about Southend. We've seen Macclesfield Town uh, being wound up in the very last year. A lot of these clubs weren't in great financial shape anyway, and coronavirus could finish them off. Controversial art on display in Raynham has been thrown into the River Medway. A satirical exhibition by the artist known as Cold War Steve has been criticised for being too political. A piece which features the boss of Weatherspoons was ripped from its stand and chucked into the water at Riverside Country Park. It has now been fished out and given to police. And a pensioner, Nick Canterbury, says she's outraged after her wheelie bin was taken away by rubbish collectors only for them to tell her to come and pick it up herself. Contractor Serco says it was taken by mistake from outside her home in Hurston and they can't return it. Jill Leith, who's 72, says she's unable to pick it up in her Ford Fiesta. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are out of the Carabao Cup after losing 1-0 at Stoke City. The Jills were short on numbers for last night's third round match and 18-year-old Joe Walsh had to step up as goalkeeper with Jack Bonham out with a back injury. Boss Steve Evans spoke to us after the game and says he really can't fault his young side. We said we're going to go young. I think your supporters went, well, we've had that from managers before. But we're going young with quality. You know, I look at I look at that back four tonight. You got, I thought Robbie, I thought Robbie was outstanding tonight, McKenzie. That was certainly his best game for us. I think if our supporters watch him in other games, I'm not so sure they watch him tonight against a brilliant player, McLean. He's outstanding and full international for Ireland. And yet you watch Robbie tonight and you think very, very good. McGomero have done them a world of good, he got to run around for a little bit in terms of them running into spaces. But that'll bring him on. Medley gets better, but sloppy for the goal. And Conor Ogilvie is, well, he could play for Stoke, can he? That's, that's the reality, he probably would play for Stoke if he was here. And you look into midfield and you look at the three lads we've got in there, Matty Willock, 20, 22 or something, 21. Um, you look at young Henry making his full proper competitive debut, who I thought was excellent. Got very tired later on cramping and things. And young Scott Robertson, you know, and he's a footballer. He gets on the ball and we didn't have enough of the ball today for him affect it, but he put a hell of a shift in. And Graham and Treacore worked extremely hard. Again, they're players that you have to give service to, give the ball. But the, t- the kids, so I just said to them in there, you know, you're, it's like a kindergarten at times when I walk in, they're talking to their mummies and their daddies in, in training days. But 
really proud of them. I said I was proud to take them to Wigan. I was proud to bring them here. I knew the I spoke to your chairman not long before kickoff, and I said tonight worries me. It's a big test because we have got so much youth out there. We're very limited in what we can do off the bench. I was worried for Joe in case he has a moment of madness and gets sent off, and we've no other goalkeeper. But I think I think I just said to the boys, be very proud of, of what you've done here tonight. Although it should hot that we've lost. They're back in League One action this weekend when they take on Blackpool. That's it for today, but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to iliffmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.